everybody. Welcome back for another episode of What's Brewing here on the B&G Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris Nozick, joined by my co-host, as always, Mr. Mike Sullivan. And we actually have a third guest tonight, the B&G founder himself, Mr. Mark Alred. Mark, how are you doing today? How's it going, Mike? Not too bad. Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Um... It's been a been an interesting week of hockey. Dallas and Vegas are still going. Obviously, Florida is waiting to see who they're going to play, but it's going to be an interesting uh, Stanley Cup final matchup either way. Mark, how you been? Been a while. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's nice to uh, I get the final freaking invite. You, know, you guys have been like shunning my shit for a long time, but I, I, I respect it. Invite. I respect it because there's invite. The, the Bruins fans out there deserve the best, so you guys go out and get the best, like Andrew and and so many other great guests. So I'm happy to be here to kill some time and you know talk some bees during the off season. And I appreciate the uh, the invite finally. Absolutely, you know you're always welcome here. So <laughs> I just love busting your balls, Chris. It's so fucking. <laughs> it's you know, so easy. <laughs> and, and you know what? We're gonna get a ton of roundtables going. The summer's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Lots of freaking, lots of off-season content coming up. Oh yeah. Uh, la- last week we were t- talking about Toronto dropping a Dubis, and now we got Mark <laughs> back on the show. So you know, it's it's always a fun time here talking bees and talking hockey. <laughs> but um, you know, M- Mike, you mentioned it. Dallas looks like they're making their comeback here. Yeah. And uh, down 3-0, looks like they flipped the switch. You know, who who are you guys rooting for in the uh, former Bruin matchup here, Cassidy or Tyler Sagan? Honestly, I would rather Cassidy because if if Sagan somehow gets to the cup and Sagan wins, I don't know if this has been a talking point among people, but at that point, if Dallas wins, Sagan will have more cups than Bergeron, Krejci, Marshawn, guys like that. And I just don't want that to be a narrative. Uh, all right. On the flip side, I do want that to be a narrative. Because really? it's been so long. It's been so long. This Fair. past year, it's all about and what the Bruins have been doing. It's like, oh, obviously, when the Bruins do bad, it, uh, every all the fans go back to, well, we got rid of the wrong guy. We hired the wrong guy, and this and that. And not, that's the biggest narrative right now. And I, I, to me, it's kind of annoying. Um, yeah. But you know what? I, I do respect people's thoughts and so on. And And don't get me wrong. I am not saying that Bruce Cassidy was a terrible coach. All I'm saying is, and I've been saying even on my podcast and in my tweets and so on, is the fact is that it happens. NHL coaches like this get recycled through and, you know, the the message got stale. So what? He's having great success. Good on him. He's a good coach. He got response out of Jack Eichel, who I don't know how many coaches have been trying to do that for years. So, I mean, good good for him. He's a good coach. But to me, I just don't want to hear the I don't want to hear the narrative of, um, just because we got blown out of the first round of the playoffs, that that's the new thing to turn on is like, well, look at this guy. He advanced to the Stanley Cup finals. And where did we end up? So mm-hmm. I, I'm with Mark on this one. First of all, I want it to be uh, I want it to be Dallas. One, because it'll shut up that narrative Two, And um, I think this is Karen, a follow of ours from our old network. Uh, she We've been having issues with the Facebook comments, but I, I think that's who Facebook usually comes up as. Um, I think the better matchup would be Florida and Vegas. Uh, Vegas would definitely bring a lot of eyes on the cup final, which would be great. Um, but when it comes to Dallas, 
first of all, you mentioned Tyler Sagan, you know, winning one, he'll have more cups. He wasn't, he wasn't the driving force behind the 2011 cup. Right. Right. He was definitely not component to it, but he wasn't the driving force behind it. Whereas now, and, and he even isn't now either multiple players have multiple cups as, you know, tier B kind of players. So I'm not that sure. worried about that narrative, but the narrative that Mark is talking about, they got rid of the wrong guy. They picked the players in the locker room over the coach. Multiple things can be true. Bruce Cassidy can be an amazing head coach. He can be the right coach for Vegas and the wrong coach for Boston going forward. They can all be true. Now, here's my question. How do you want to change that narrative? If, if that's your narrative that they got rid of the wrong guy, how does that change if Vegas and Cassidy blow this lead and they lose the series? Because he's still a great coach. They picked the wrong guy in Boston because we got, oh, wait, they got, they got reverse swept and, and almost did a bigger collapse because they did it in the conference final. So which one is it now? You know, I, I want to shut those people up. I'm with you, Chris. Yeah. And and Mom and Papa Bear have a good point here. Panthers were last year's President's Trophy win- winner. We simply got outcoached. We got outcoached. We got outplayed. We turned over the puck. We played our worst hockey at the most important time of the year. And, you know, that gets lost in the shuffle, the first part of this statement. They were last year's President's Trophy winner. Think about that. Hey, we did a um, uh, Black and Gold Hockey podcast today, episode 332, and it's available actually uh, on all listening platforms. Uh, but also uh, the YouTube video version, I'm compressing the video now. That's why I have an opportunity to join you, gentlemen. Uh, but um, uh, main host Steve Forney uh, mentioned that the uh, President's Trophy winner that lost that year has consecutively gone on to win the Stanley Cup the following season. Yeah. yeah. Been a couple seasons. So, now. as a Bruins fan, you got to feel some kind of like happy about that, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, history's on your side. Weirdly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's know, kind of a funny. It's, it's a funny joke, and, and and but something to think about during this off season to make light of all the panic that's going on. I mean, I'm a diehard Bruins fan. I've been that way for a long time, but mm-hmm. I'm just at that age right now that I'm more intrigued about how a general manager like Don Sweeney and supporting staff of Evan Gold can go through this lineup and the and a roster that contains 50, not just 23, 50 organizational rosters, spots, and maximize your cap going into next season and what the product is going to end up being. Because he has said himself that in the uh, his press conference that the team's going to look different. Yes, and um, it, yeah. we're not going to see older faces coming back and that's how they're going to utilize their 50 roster spots or their, their contract spots by not giving one to Milan Lucic. Enough right. of okay. that take. <laughs> All right. I'm, it's, it's you, not you, happening. Actually, I gave you that finger for one reason only is because you actually asked this on an ask BNG and we I, answered it today. I didn't, I didn't specifically say, say you, but oh, the narrative okay. The narrative. the narrative pick, the narrative picked up when he won a gold medal. Oh, should have got, should have kept that guy, or um, we need to get that guy, and so on. I, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. Let me I just don't think that's the right direction where this team needs to go into. We I need to get think, younger. 
I don't yeah. think people realize how bad his stat line was this year. He played in 77 games, scored seven goals, 19 points, was a minus 13, spent 43 minutes in the box, and averaged 11 minutes of ice time per night. Yeah, that's not scary. my guy. Sorry. No, no. I, I uh, Trent Frederick I almost... outperformed him. Yes. Here you go. Oh, tr- right. Yeah. Trent Frederick, and he slits, he slots into that role where people would want Lucic to play anyways. Up, Frederick's a better player. Hey, we got Kevin jumping in the comments. Good to see you, bud. Mama Papa Bear mentioned it still hurts that we lost after a historic season, which it, it does. It, it really does. Dude, it stung bad. It yep. stung so bad. Oh, excuse and, me. Sorry. Yes, but he was on Calgary. Yeah, but that's not an excuse to play that bad. Yeah. You even at, even at a surrounding you. Even at a vet minimum, I'd say no to him. Just yeah. for the fact is that we internally we need to take care of what's going on in the Bruins salary cap right now. Right. You know, you have Swayman to look at, you have Jeremy um uh Fred, Frederick to look at, they're both RFAs. And then we have like don't I forget the other goalies we, are RFAs too. We we only have one goalie on roster next season. The rest are all RFAs. Right, right. Which I think they're already going to do with uh, with Brandon Bussey, and I think they're going to do it with Michael DiPietro. I'm not yeah. sure if the Boston Bruins are retaining the uh, services of Kyle Kaiser. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to watch because I think I think the services of Kyle Kaiser will tell you what's going to happen with the goaltending because. You, I think you would keep him if there's plans to move on from Swayman or Allmark. But if you're planning on keeping both of them around, I think Kaiser's the odd man out, and you can let him walk for nothing. So I, yeah, I, I just, just think there's a link there. From and, and from my unexpert opinion, and in, in watching Kaiser play, I like the guy. He's a good kid. Great interview. Uh, works hard, but I, unfortunately, just the injuries have really have hampered his his development and trying to get to that next level and so on. And, and, the, you know, the Bruins have given the, a full opportunity for him to, ex, you know, uh, to showcase those skills and so on, but it just hasn't really happened. And I think that the emergency emergence of uh, Brendan Bussey this year coming up from the, uh, the ECHL main Mariners and really just taking the reins on the starting position in Providence, which sometimes is never heard of because they play 72, 76 games but three games a weekend. So pretty much when you play three straight games a weekend and at the end of the year, you do your math, it evens out that your, your two goaltenders of Providence are getting equal time. So, but Brandon Bussey actually took over the, um, the Friday Sunday schedule from a guy like Heath Kincaid and which, which spurred the, the, uh, the the, uh, conversation of uh, Kincaid requested a trade, which actually did happen. And he actually got traded. And wasn't Bussy the main reason why the Providence Bruins got first place in their division too? Because he can't, went oh, out on well, a run. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a team sport. You know but, what I mean? Let me rephrase. Brandon Bussy. I will say this. Brandon Bussy. I want to say probably about a half a dozen. He 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 got some games for the for the Providence Bruins. I was gonna say, yeah. didn't and they that, only get that division win by like one or two points? Yes. Yes. Okay. So he came in, he made enough of a difference to help push him and elevate Absolutely. him Absolutely. to that year. That, that, that's the phrasing I, I guess I meant to use. Um, but he's again, still a I, goaltender that yeah. needs to develop. You know sure, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, but, I've heard his rebound control could use some work and, you know, some other tactical things within his game. But, uh, you know, 
the makings for but, him are there. Mm-hmm. But but look, just just look at his history, and and it's not that long. It's not that long at all, Chris and Mike. It goes back to Western Michigan. Yep. And then he get and then he has a great year there. Brings him to, to the uh, uh, tournament, I believe. I'm not sure what tournament. Call me out if you want. But then after his commitment is over from uh, Michigan, he goes right to Providence and has a three and two record as as a guy that's never played pro. So right. you had that you you ha- you saw what he could give you in the in five games last season on an ATO because his NCA commitment was over and then coming into this year just really worked hard uh, in camp and so on and then really showed up in at the uh, ECHL main Mariners first couple of games and then guess what Kaiser goes down with an injury this guy comes right back up and just like starts to really gain notoriety because. He seems to rise to each level. And I yes. think that this summer, if if seriously, if Don Sweeney and those guys say, listen, you might be a cap option for us. Be ready. This is the type of goaltender that will work hard during the offseason, hearing those words and bring it into camp uh, this September. Yeah. And like you said, now, like now, he always seems to rise at each level. Yeah. He gets better and better and he matches his, you know, expected play. But also, you you know, it, it's a risk too. You guys know it's a right. freaking risk. Right, I mean, right. Bussy down in the AHL has been freaking spin, uh, uh, awesome. Awesome. But the Bruins didn't want to do the Swayman and Vladar thing not too long ago. Right. Are they going to want to do the swim and bussy thing now at, at maximum cap value? You're going to save so much money by having bussy in the lineup and so on. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the, that's the debate because now if you move on, I, I, when you look at the, the rest of the goaltending market too, Carter Hart was just put on the trading block yeah. and, and you mentioned the, the that risk. blows my mind. That blows but, my mind. You mentioned yeah. the risk. Carter Hart's an example of what can happen when it goes bad. You know, and you you well, have a sure thing in Allmark and Swayman right now because I I mean as good as Allmark was he'll dip a little bit and I do think sure. that's gonna hurt his trade value because everyone's gonna look at him and go we're not gonna get the same performance we're gonna get a little lower and when you compare just a little bit lower you've got a really good goaltending market so I'm not sure what that Allmark value is Swayman on the other hand especially if you can get him on an Ottinger-like deal, if you can get a young goaltender on a four-year deal, that's really valuable. And I know, Mark, you keep bringing up a team like the Flames. They have Wolf. Vladar is likely going to go on the block for them. Or Mark. I take him back in a heartbeat. Either one of them. You know, and then you have guys like Corpusalo, who's going to be a, an unrestricted yep. free agent. No, he's you know, not. Not for long. <laughs> but that's my point. Wait, why yeah. would you trade for Omar if all you have to do is throw money at Corpusalo? And, right. and I, I know, I, I know, there's workings for him probably to go back to the Kings. They were very interested, but the the goaltending market, as I mentioned in the in the past couple of weeks, it, it just it hurts what you're trying to do, and you know it, it's going to be very interesting. Kevin jumps in though. He says that he's been so out of the loop with the Bruins. He's been <laughs> off here since they lost, so he's here to learn. Well, the the other thing too with say if Bussy does come up and he plays a backup role next year, and you lean Jeremy Swayman as your starter, Swayman has never started over forty games in, in his career. So you need to also take that into consideration a little bit and almost have a backup with more experience than Bussy. 
I just don't know if Ladar's that guy. Right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Can I, uh, can I make a case for that? Yeah. No, I, I think I know the case that you're going to make. And, and I said it, I, I said it on our podcast today. It's a film. Uh, I can't say the word. Familiar. It's how familiar he is with this, uh, this Boston Bruins organization. Sure. I thought he worked well with the Senza. I thought he worked very well with Dunham. Um, and you know, it, I just think that he was uh, unfortunately forced out of the Bruins lineup because of what Jeremy Swayman was doing. And they, all of a sudden they bring on Allmark, who uh, carries a $5 million cap hit. So right. somebody's got to go. Uh, and right. now the situation's back in his corner where he's forced, probably going to be forced to do the same thing because Craig Conroy wants to get younger. Dustin Wolf can't be, play in the, in the American Hockey League much longer. You know, he's been really playing well and, and pushing the narrative of, him even being better than than Markstrom. Now Markstrom can play that backup goaltender role uh, because he makes six million dollars a year. I don't think that's a very attractive uh, contract for anybody to pick up right now. So it it really does. You want to promote the young kid, but you, what are you going to do with the middle guy? Neither you know? was Kowalski though. And now look at what he's doing in the playoffs. We know Markstrom's ceiling is is up there. So if you have that Markstrom Wolf combination. In Calgary, you, you've got it, – it's literally the same mix that you had this year with Allmark and Swayman. You have the veteran guy who's been there, knows what he's doing, can perform at a high level with a young kid who can perform at a high level, who's still trying to work his way through and navigate professional hockey, essentially, uh, while learning on the fly. So you have, you know, almost you, – you have the person who's there and the person who's working on getting there and the trick is making it so they line up right. And, and you've got to find a position, a, a team who needs one of those. And they're just, you know, a, a lot of teams need both of them. Yeah. So that, that's the key part. Um, the hey, question, can you highlight? I was just going to oh, say, no the man. question was asked how old Milan Lucic is. He's 34, definitely past his prime. He passed uh, his prime a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. If only the Bruins had the heart of the Celtics right now. Oh man, that's <laughs> awful. Uh, As a basketball hater, that fucking hurts. Yeah, I, I, yeah we're, we're gonna come back to that one. Uh, oh, I say no to him. Uh, Milan, just looking at his situation, the stats would be skewed. Not really. Calgary was they, they had the makings of a good team, they were a right. really packed team. He was just terrible on it, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, would you say Bussy is Swayman like situation up and coming goalkeeper? goaltender uh being pushed to big club because of hype similar um, no not pushed not pushed yeah um, push isn't the right word yeah I, I would say earned i would say earned. jeremy swayman the way the way he's been drafted went through the college ranks and, and played in providence even through um the covid years and so on uh jeremy did not did not like you know stop his development or you know negate whatever terrible words but um, and but I, I think kind of think that the situation is kind of the same with Bussy as well, being an uh, an NCAA player and so on uh, that rises very well to each occasion. And I think that he's been getting given the opportunity, but he's not earned it yet, not like Swayman did. So it, it's it, it's kind of a different parallel and so on. But it's interesting on how they're developing almost the same, which which gives high kudos to the goaltending coaches in this organization who I think are criminally underrated. Yeah. And I do want to 
use the goaltending position as a as a micro uh, example. Uh, everybody wants, or a lot of people over the years have bashed and shit all over Don Sweeney as a general manager. But the goaltending position, if you really look at it over the last couple of seasons, really show just how good of a GM he is. Because when you look back, you went from Rask and Halak, you had Swayman in the system. You didn't really have much between once Halak and Rask were gone. So that was when you went out, you got Olmark. You were supposed to have two seasons, essentially, of Rask and Olmark with Swayman down in Providence. Bussy would have ideally been in the ECHL, and you were having a path. Well, what happened? Rask's injury took over. He couldn't play anymore. So that allowed Swayman to come in and be a number two. He stepped up because of his development in the system that you provided for him. And then you had to adjust on the fly. You had you you had a piece in Jack Stadnico who wasn't developing in the same system. Oh. So you moved him Was he out. Overhyped. But Jesus. you were able to bring in <laughs> Di Pietro as a filler piece. And and let's be real, Di Pietro has upside. The COVID year really threw his development for a curve. So really, he's had no, to- no. Vancouver threw him through a curve in, well, yeah, and his development in, year. In that was an absolute joke. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's why you go out and you get those guys that are 38, 39 years old that need need NHL money, and and they can just sit there and practice. But when you try to develop players that need to play on the regular you don't stop gap that whole shit man that was just oh, ridiculous was so now so now a great kid that works hard like michael dipietro down at uh the main mariners echl bruins uh minor pro affiliate and he's busting his ass down there trying to earn the eyes of of uh, an american hockey league contract or even from the nhl on a uh, um on a two-way himself so i mean this piece is there to be worked with. It's just how everything unfolds takes a little bit of time. You've got to coach them back up. But now that you've had, you have an opening because you had Kaiser, which is who's likely going to be allowed to walk because his upside is not as high as DiPietro. But now you have DiPietro and Bussy down in Providence, Swayman and Allmark. Obviously the cap hit is making you adjust again on the fly, but that is a microchasm of, what he's done with this roster. Everyone's looking at this roster this year with the cap crunch going, it's 2015 all over again. Well, look at what he did with 2015. It, it actually, he got good pieces for what he gave up. Mm-hmm. And he didn't do that bad. Did it come to fruition the way would it, we would have liked? No, but it doesn't come to fruition for 31 of 32 teams. So congratulations, you picked the better math on that one. Yeah. It, it, it just... You're in the race. That's all you can ask for. And all you can ask for is to complain about your prospect pool because you're picking lower than 15 every year. Like, that's a good thing. It is a, yeah, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. Oh, man. I wish this Facebook user was, had a name. I I I would really like to love to give credit for that. This one right here. We've had decent goaltending for quite a few years. No, no. It's a, it's a further one down. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. It's Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Oh, oh, right here. This one right here, this past season is the first time he had scoring from all lines instead of relying on the birds. That's huge. Exactly. Exactly. What a point. What a point by Mark Zuckerberg. 
<laughs> but that's what that that was so successful all season. When we all thought that McAvoy, Grizzlick, and freaking Marshan were going to be out for months, and it was the doom and gloom of you know being the bottom feeders of the Atlantic Division, and then yeah. right around Christmas time, New Year's Eve, whatever, you start to turn it around and at least grab a freaking wild card spot. Now I wish that fucking happened, you know. <laughs> but remember the phrase "treading water." We just want to tread. Yeah, exactly. Water. Just I, that's all I said all year was like I just want to keep my nose above. Above the waterline. It's Beth. Beth. Oh, yeah, okay, Beth. Beth. Beth's a great person. Yeah, she's a Shout really out. cool supporter of Shout everything out. we do here at Black and Gold. Thank you, Beth, for your continued Thank support. You. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and then Kevin jumps in. I think Swayman is ready to take over as number one. He will need a backup that can give you at least 25 to 30 games. Wish we could keep Omar, but the cap is hurting. Yeah, and, and- uh, I'm in the same boat. So someone who doesn't pay attention to Bruins, that's pretty spot on, <laughs> Kevo. Yeah, right? But and the way I look at that is let's go with the 30 game mark. Because that would mean Swayman is starting 52 games. So let's go with the 30 game mark. There's no reason why you can't go out and get uh, a veteran backup at a low dollar amount. Yeah. So, and and just to throw a name out there, someone like a Mackenzie Blackwood, and then you can utilize Bussy. And basically, you look at the 30 games and you go, let's get 15 to 20 for Blackwood and 10-ish for Bussy to see how he does. Then you're giving the opportunity to Bussy to elevate himself again, but you're also not totally SOL if he can't. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on that. Blackwood's just, just say, There's plenty of other veterans out there. No, 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 no. I, I'm. This is not a PS5 thing for you. No, I'll get to you later on that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I really think that. Uh, oh, I freaking lost what I was gonna say. Uh, oh, that pissed with me the, off. With the, with the goaltenders and the veteran backup. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, are, are you thinking Bussy is able to come up and give you thirty? No, no, no. Um, here's the thing, okay? So, you know, people aren't stupid. Agents aren't stupid and so on. They're going to look at your depth and they're going to adjust their conversations from there, which I kind of think that Keith Kincaid got in trouble with uh, coming to Boston and so on and, and thinking that he was going to be that third guy, the break glass in case of emergency. He did for that one game and so on, but I think he was, I think, promised a little bit more and then Bussy came on the scene, which I absolutely kind of like stirred the whole uh, Friday Sunday rotation out of whack, and and p- kind of pissed him off a little bit. I don't see a goaltender of the future like saying, "Well, what are you going to do with me when this kid like passes me in the depth chart? Are you just going to wave me? Why would I want to come here when you're just going to have plans for somebody else?" So th- those are the things that I think about when. When you know, like free agents and so on are, are becoming available, it's like, uh, you know, how long are you going to use me if it doesn't work out? And goaltenders, I, and I, I understand exactly where your point is with that. That's part of why I picked Blackwood for my example because yeah. he's he's on edge out in New Jersey. He's a restricted free agent. They've got Schmidt, who's looking really good, and they committed to VTech. Hit last year. He played in sixteen games. He went ten and six with a three two goals against and a sub-90, 89.3 save percentage. So at the age of 26, hitting restricted free agency, his last cap it was $2.8 million. They're not going to qualify him, and he's not going to get a pay raise. So he's going to look for a position 
or an opening where he has just enough opening where he can show that he deserves more. He's going to be looking for that in to say that he still has it, that the injuries don't define his career, that he, you know, when healthy, and I know I see Jeremy's comment here, Blackwood is just too young rather than, or rather Varlamov. You know, Varlamov is on the outside, on the on the back end, basically trying to say, I still have it. And Blackwood's on the front end, saying, trying to say, I still have it. I'd rather Blackwood because he's fighting for another NHL contract. Varlamov is just playing out his career at this point, trying to get a cup. Yeah, but also at this point, you got to think the salary cap of $4.5 million already in the hole without yeah. even dealing with what we have to deal with this offseason. $4.5 million in the hole. So um, I don't know if a veteran goaltender is going to be coming in here um, at that, $6 million, saying, $5 million or whatever. Who knows he's taking a pay cut? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. He's not getting the 2.8. And not very many teams who are going to look to him to be a starter, he's going to look to them and say, you need me as much as I need you. Let's make a fair deal. So he's someone that Boston can go to and say, listen, we're not going to overplay you. We're not going to over-rely on you. We're going to give you enough opportunity. And by the way, if Bussy does show what he can do, you're still a tradable piece, especially if you take a lower salary to fit with us you can then continue, move on somewhere. We'll put you in a position to be successful by dealing you, and then you can go get that next contract. I, You want me to be honest with you? I'd freaking trade the third-round pick and a sweetener for Dan Vladar right now and his two really? years left on his contract and $2.2 million. You still, if you roll, If you roll with Swayman, that's still under $5 million, the same you were with Allmark last year. But Allmark has to be moved, and that's the piece that I strongly think is going to get moved. I just have I, I a feeling that. that he's. I I yeah, don't I, hate it. I I you know looking at Vladar's numbers. But that's you know, only being, that's also only Chris in Boston. Yeah, but that's also only if the Bruins want to go with experience. Mm. I also now, if they, I'm with if you they though, believe Mark, well, I'm, they I'm believe with in you. Bussy, roll with it. I'm with you. I think Allmark is the number one piece right now. Here's most likely going to get moved out. Are we considering 55 games in, for a career experience? Yeah, because that's how it's that's more than it's more than Brandon Bussy. Yes, I agree. I agree. I it, I'm just play playing devil's advocate on that one. I, I I don't hate the idea of going back out and getting Vladar. To your point, the um the familiarity aspect. They know him. He knows them. The defense here is better than what you have in Calgary by far. And let's face it, he wouldn't be the first. Uh, he wouldn't be the only check in the room. And he wouldn't <laughs> be the first check to come to Boston and pick up his game. So right. uh, let's see. What veteran goalie who still has value and would want to come to Boston? The question uh -oh. I think there is what's already been done with the position? Because one of the other things that you have to, to keep in mind, too, is, you know, players talk. And, you know, I, I know some people are saying, like, trade, trade Taylor Hall. You know, Taylor Hall wants to be here. Let's not forget, he forced his hand to come to Boston. To then mm -hmm. turn around, what, a year and a half, two years later and say, 
we want to ship you back out because we we don't like the contract we gave you anymore. Have a nice day. Like that's gonna get around, and and that's not gonna look good. And so I I don't think Taylor Hall is someone that you should be looking to move, for, mostly because of that. But let's not forget, the guy's a former MVP. Like you don't get former MVPs now for six mil, not that often. Is that a train? That wasn't me. Not me. Oh, is that a train near you? I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. No, there's no trains there. I heard it. I don't know. I don't. I, uh, what? I'm name? like, which one of you guys are near a rail? I'm like, holy oh. shit. Uh, we were talking about that before. It's like getting back on the bike, Mark. You never lose time. <laughs> there you go, buddy. There you go. Uh, let's see. Love Mark, it. Oh, nope. Let's see. I'm just trying to get caught up on some of these. Uh, you know, Mark, I'm so on board with your Vladar idea. He can give you the games and knows the coaches. It makes too much sense. He also there's plays probably, great in the garden. Yeah, and there's probably there's probably other goaltenders out there that are, that are, are better suited for the role. But I'm just thinking, you know, just the, the camaraderie that, that he had with, with some of the players here, especially Swayman. I said it on our podcast this afternoon when we recorded that Swayman and Vladar have, you know, Played together down in Providence. Yeah, and Kevin jump in. I don't know if telling a player he's tradable is a good selling point on getting him to sign with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's almost like Don Sweeney freaking saying, you know, when you come here and you sign your second contract, I'm going to negotiate you down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My question for Kevin is, was this when I was talking about bringing in a guy like Blackwood? Because okay. I, I well, see where he's coming from with that. I, I under the right circumstances, telling a player that hey, if this turns out not to be the right fit for you, we will look to trade you. That actually is a selling point because you are working with the player, and that player is signing. That that's part of why no trade clauses exist because you're mm-hmm. basically telling the player we want you here unless something changes that you don't want to be here. If that's the case, we will work with you. But we want oh, that, pretty much how they went with Kincaid. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, see, that's what he was talking about. Um, and then he's Jeremy says Hall's contract is fine. Kevin calls it a steal. He says the guy plays well at both ends of the ice and should be a top six player on this team who was moved to Coil's wing to add depth to the rest of the lineup. All so, those points are so agreeable. But I will say this. I will go on the record and say this, that I don't believe that any of the current forwards on this team will be traded for cap relief. I think the cap relief is going to come on the full back end. I think a couple of defensemen are going to be going and a goaltender. Are you considering Trent Frederick current? Yes, he's in my lineup. Okay. I want him in the lineup too. And I do think one of the other things that's being overlooked too is the fact that Oscar Steen has a one-way contract next year. Yes, he has to make the roster or or if he goes on waivers, he can be uh, claimed from somebody else. And I don't see him getting through. So I think they plan on having him in a bottom six role this year. I, I think last year they wanted to bring him up a little bit more, but the rest of the lineup was playing so damn good. I don't think they expected what they got out of A.J. Greer. And not to say that he was blowing anybody's doors off, but A.J. Greer is a very interesting piece, in my opinion. Jacob Lauko, too. Yep. Lauko, I think, 
I think they were expecting to utilize Oscar Steen in a way that they actually used Lauco. Yes, yes, yes. And this, I, I very, very easily could see Lauco, McLaughlin, and Steen as your fourth line next year. I'm going Beecher. I'm going. I keep hearing Beecher. Greer, Greer slash Lauco. And on the left side, I could see Steen making the lineup. Now, or McLaughlin. Oh, McLaughlin. Now, where you guys, Kopanen, Jonah Kopanen, like uh, gr- group six free agent. I just don't think that, um, he could be cheap. They're familiar. Yeah, I, with I, no, he absolutely could be cheap. The call up. Um, and then uh, you also, you, Chris, you also want to stay under the 50, 50 uh, contracts. Yeah. I mean, that, that number is getting higher. And I think that's one reason why the Boston Bruins are really going up against the wall with a prospect like Matthias Mantikivi. Yeah. I wrote an article about him not too long ago, a couple of days ago, while I was on vacation, about how important a player like him and what role he plays needs to be a little more invested in because he has a passion for uh, North American hockey coming over here and even playing in the AHL. You don't hear a lot of Euros talking, I want to play in the AHL. I, I, I hear a lot of, I want to be in the NHL or I'm staying over in Europe. This right. guy wants to be involved in the organization, and I think they should give him a chance. I just don't understand why they're waiting. I mean, J- June 1st, Dom Tiano's been talking about it. So many other people have been talking about it that actually watch prospects, even overseas on a regular, are saying, why is this kid that wants to be here and works hard and and has progressed very well in the in the European leagues over in Finland. Why not give him a chance? Right. Um, real quick, just to get caught up, Kevin says Riley Forbert, Grizz, and Allmark are your pieces. Yep, a hundred percent agree with all of them. Can I can I say something about Riley? Yeah. Um, if you guys look at Cat Friendly or Puckpedia, two great uh, websites. Um, and a thing that might not be attractive this upcoming season is Riley's um, real money. The real money he's owed, it goes up to $4 million, not his AAV at $3 million. So it makes it even tougher for him to, for them to move him. If, uh, if, if I could use our partners over here at FanDuel to place a bet, I, I would put a bet <laughs> that Riley's actually still here next year. I don't think they're able to move him. I, what about I, a buyout? I think the closest way of getting rid of them would be a buyout, but I yeah. think when you weigh the buyout option versus Mike Riley leaving, Riley does add depth. And he's played he's played with Carlo before at a level that is serviceable, if not pretty good. So yeah, but so is Saboral. Right. I'd rather have Saboral. Right, but Zboro can play on both sides of the lineup. So you so his may versatility up, right there right, is more no, important than Riley. Right, but I think you may end up with both of them. I, I think you're only able to move one of your defensive pieces, and it's probably going to have to be someone like Grizz, the guy you don't want to give up the most, simply because of value. Because if I'm any other team and I look at this Boston situation, I sit there and go, why should I help you that much? And sure. you're going you're gonna have to take probably about 95, 90 cents on the dollar for Grizzlick, but you need the cap room. You're in dire need of the cap room. You may even I hate to say it, but you may even need to throw in a guy like 
Lysel to get a solid return back to get some draft capital. Like, Boy, his stock good, has dropped. Good capital. You know, like if you were to do a package of Grizz and Lysel to the right team, you could get some draft picks and a prospect. B-level prospect and maybe a, a second and a third. Even and, your even your PS5 scenario, I know what's going on in that gerbil as it's spinning in your head. <laughs> I'd do it. And, and that leaves you with Riley, Forbort, and Lindholm on the left-hand side. Not ideal, but you can right. put Riley with Carlo and you'll be okay. Riley, like now you're talking. Get, get something for Forbort and now. Then, and then Zboril's on there too. Um, let's see. I like to keep Grizz though. Of course yeah. I would too, but that's the whole point is he's the piece. Other people are going to want Uh hall Marshan hall, Alco Greer, my left wings opening night. I don't hate that. I don't, I don't hate that. I do want, I want Lauco in the lineup for a solid, like 50 to 60 games next year. Mark, how would you feel about Lauco coil and Frederick on a line together? I no. wouldn't mind that. Really? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, I like Lauco and what he's doing, but I want to see it on a more consistent basis. Um, I would rather see Taylor Hall, Coyle, and Frederick. Hall, I mean, there was well, a lot of great yeah. things that we saw Wait, last year with that. That That's a solid, like... It's such a good third. rating yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. From I'm guessing this is Beth again. I think Lauco's a better fit than Greer. I agree. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kevin yeah. says, Doc is a center for me next year, period. I'm only signing one of Krejci or Bergeron. If neither <laughs> want to come back, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I Good think, old Kevin. I think you're more likely to get Bergeron back. Yes. I don't think he's – I don't think it sits well with how the season ended, especially him playing hurt. The fact that they were 0 for 3 with him in the lineup, the fact that it was such a historic run, this is a 100th year season coming up. I think great Krejci got a taste of not playing, you know, not just here in Boston, but when he was overseas, he kind of got a taste of being normal with his family again. And I can see him walking. So I, of the two, I would, I would put all of my everything into just saying, Bergie, give us one more year. Hey, one Hey, I'm, I'm no expert on on how many games uh, David Krejci played overseas last year, but is it almost like an an AHL season where it's um, less than eighty two? Like see. if it's a if it's sixty games, that makes total sense because he kind of like checked out like three quarters of the way through the season. Like, hey, we're already in the playoffs, and uh, I'm gonna like rest a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I'm gonna check. Uh, ironically, I think the only page i can think of to check that on is elite prospects he played he played 51 games last year yep in check okay all right 51 post the 40 uh plus five playoff games so yeah so 56. 56 games yeah yeah so, so i don't know sense. maybe that that, that makes sense <laughs> yeah I just something i've been thinking about and the year before that with boston he played 61 plus the 13 in the playoffs so yeah. You know, because it, it almost gets like to like playoff time. It's like, hey, you guys are in. Can I take a break a little bit? <laughs> I'll be in the sauna. 82 games overseas. Lance. Lance. And then Kevin, I'd love a bottom. Sir Lance a lot. Laurel and Lori next season. 
I'm not up to date on Lorai's progress, though, so I'm not sure if that's yeah. even a possibility. Yeah, what do you guys wow. think? Do you think Lorai is in the system next year? Not in the system, like, as in Providence and Boston, but do you think he's in Boston? Here's my thing about Lorai, and Kevin, you're absolutely right. I would like love to see a bottom pairing of Sabor and Lorai, but if Don Sweeney and Evan Gold absolutely need cap savings to be competitive next season, and they need an option, they could literally have a spot for Lorai yes. at a very it's under a million dollars for the next three years, pretty much how they did Dougie Hamilton. Now yes. I hope Dougie Hamilton doesn't come out of his eight entry level contract begging for eight million dollars. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but listen, if they want to save on cap space, you want to have a backup of Bussy, and you want to have a defensive pairing that's going to involve Lowry. Um, I mean, you, you you roll the dice and go. You advance their freaking development that quickly that you get them involved. But now here's my question to you on that. Cause you guys both mentioned a bottom pairing of Lori and Zboro. Yeah. We know Lori projects to be a top four. We've seen both. We've seen Carlo paired with a rookie before we've seen McAvoy capable of playing with, with rookie young players before assuming because Let's be real. A solid defenseman is going to be lost. We want it to be Forbort. We want it to be. But it's likely going to be Grizzlick because he's the one who has the most trade value. So if you pencil out Grizzlick, now your top four are Lorai, Lindholm, McAvoy, and Carlo. Would you rather have Lorai partnered with McAvoy or with Carlo, leaving the other one to be paired with Lindholm? Oh, wow. Mm. It's a valid question, Chris. I'm not not knocking the validity of it at all. Because yeah. um, that would leave you with Forbort and Zboro as your bottom pairing. How's your cap look? Uh, well, I mean, if you've shipped out 3.6 with Grizz and you've replaced it with the 925 of 925,000 of Lori, you're net positive. Obviously, that's with withstanding goaltending moves. You know, and, and probably the forwards as well, but you you've you've gained three two point nine million cap space to work with at least. So is that now is that number uh figuring in the four point five you're already in the hole because of the penalties for uh Bergeron and Krejci? Well, no. so what I'm saying is is if you take Grizzlick out and you let's say you trade him for picks, you've gained his entire three point six cap hit. And then you replace it with Mason Lorai's cap hit of nine twenty-five. You're still going to gain, whether you've made any other moves or not. You're still going to gain about okay. two point nine mil in space to work with. That mm-hmm. two point nine mil could be, you know, half of Swayman's contract. Yeah. Well, I guess now, you, now you ship out Allmark and you make room for the other part of Swayman's contract, and you're still net two point five roughly. Yeah, with with uh, with Frederick and. And others to like lock up. No, I understand now. Thank you for uh, explaining that. Cl- Clifton as well too. He's RFA, right? He's yeah. But what do you do? No. Yeah. No, he's UFA. He's UFA. Okay. Yeah. I think I know Clifton- Melanson's going to be all broken up, but I don't. He's going to be gonna so be- upset. <laughs> I know. I know. He gets so broken up easily. I love Melanson. <laughs> I I, I don't. I don't think he comes back though. I what? I think he's the last guy they're they're going to sign if they even are able to. I think you go I to. I think him they have want you here 
we don't have as much money right as we would like to give you we're willing to give you a, a bridge to you you know another bridge deal with a bit of a raise 1.5 per aav and you know we won't play salary gymnastics with it it's 1.5 aav 1.5 in cash every year and in two years let's revisit this again that way yeah. there the cap has gone up and we can give you what you're worth if you find someone else is willing to give you 2.5 and you want to take it we wish you the best this is what we can do for you we would love to have you and yeah. or his court or you can let clifton walk which would suck i I'm, I, I like clifton but you know it's a business and sometimes people get priced out yep i right. would if if clifton doesn't work out doesn't and and things don't, he can't be retained then that the, his role which was heavy, heavily relied on this year, should go to Zaboro, who's still under contract for one more year and well under a million dollars. Kevin says unless he wants to come back for the same contract. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see that. Which I don't see that. A, a player in a similar position a couple years ago was um uh what's his name? The one that we got with Taylor Hall. Curtis Lazar. Yes. We said Sayonara, and he surprisingly signed for the same contract. What was it? Three years, a million AAV. And, and I'm it not saying you should have brought him back, but it's it's the same kind of idea where, hey, you know what? If you want to be here for this contract, we'll take you. If you get better somewhere else, we wish you the best. Yeah, but Swinney tends to do that with those types of players. He did it with Shaller. He did it yep. with Achari. He did it with uh, whoever. You know, he, he doesn't play the bottom. He's going to do it with Nozick. He just doesn't pay these guys uh, their their value because they're a dime a dozen. You can get these guys. You can sign Vinny Letary right now for under a million dollars, and he can play all three forward positions. And I think can be pretty well at the NHL level, regardless of his uh, his AHL tenure. was another one that I was going to ask you about in Toporowski. I know Toporowski was playing well in Providence last year. Uh, with, was it Letary who got hurt when he got called up? And so he was stuck on our on the Boston IR for a while. I, I like he think tore his, so. Uh, he tore a ligament so, practice the so, day he was called up. So Latari was leading the uh, the Providence Bruins in points, goals, and so on. He was really having a good year, and he got the uh, the thank you very much call up. Uh, got to got to uh, the Warrior Ice Arena, stepped out in the ice, practice, and had a um, uh, a lower body injury. I want to say it was a a sprain. Of a severe sprain oh, of some God. sort. And once that happened, Georgia McCulloff absolutely tore it up because he moved from the left side more traditionally into his uh, center role where he started really making unbelievable plays and like shooting from like really, really good angles that you want to see a guy that shoots the puck a lot score from. Does that – do either one of them, because I know um... – Topper, uh, not Toporowski, um, Letary was playing so well and he got the call up. Do do any of those four guys jump out as, at you as guys who could potentially make the roster coming out of camp, like a la Jacob Lauco? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see Lauco making it uh, purely as a fourth liner, but I think he's going to. Uh, split some time with Greer because Greer is still under contract for a year as well. Um, 
what about a guy like Toporowski or Letary? Toporowski's skill still has to be signed to an NHL contract. He's signed to an AHL contract only right now, which means that the um, any NHL team can come and make him an offer, and um, the Boston Bruins can match. So for some unknown reason, uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, there's several people in in Providence Bruins media that believe that Toporowski is going to get signed sooner rather than later. And then what about a guy like Mark Hulof? I know Mark Hulof gets tossed around, especially by our short shift friends as someone that they want to have come up uh, next season, you know, third line winger, you know, center somewhere along those lines. Clearly he's played better at center. I think he feels more comfortable there and that's where we need the depth. So do you think that could bode well for him? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he earns a spot, that I mean, he could legitimately get on the left side or or a center spot. But um, if he's going to be projected, uh, or not projected, but if they want to get him in as a fourth line center, I would rather see Merkulov stay down at Providence for the re- for the full season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he comes up with the advancement of like a Charlie Coyle, and like who who knows what's going to happen? Uh, we're all talking about. Uh, our lineups kind of like sorting out to be maybe Krejci and Bergeron come back. Right. What we really have to think about is the lineups without those two. So there's going to be forward advancement up the middle. So Coyle's going to go up out of his traditional third, third, uh, third line center. Uh, To me, I would give those opportunities to like Trent Frederick or Georgi Mikulov or have Frederick as your fourth line center or John Beecher and so on. I'm also thinking about a lot of cap-friendly moves as well, you know, that yeah. are going to make us compliant and not such a, a hamper on the uh, Evan Gold and Don Sweeney freaking, um, you know, uh, workload this this uh, this offseason. But, you know, I, I, I this he's a young kid that still needs to work, just like Fabian Lysel. Fabian Lysel... People, I, I just, I, I pumped his tires as well because I saw a lot of great things uh, in the WHL with the Vancouver Giants. But what happened when he came to the, the pro level, he was playing good against men, but it was just, he wasn't producing enough. And, you know, I don't know. I think he's a solid prospect, but like you said, um, um, oh shit, I forgot your name. Chris, sorry. <laughs> I, I just got so much shit going through my head. If he's involved in a deal, I think that there's several players that have already like passed him in the development stages that he could possibly be moved in a, in a deal. So, Yeah, it, it, it's certainly going to be interesting because you do have some valuable pieces, especially in your system. And, and I just want to give a nod to Kevin as he's heading out. Kevin, hope, uh, hope to see you back soon, buddy. And uh, yeah. stay well over hope- there. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, hope, hope to have you back on the podcast soon, Kevin. Absolutely. And then Lance says, truth be told, the league needs to raise the cap. I don't want to hear about COVID losses anymore. A total cop-out by the league. The problem, Lance, with this statement is it's not a yeah, cop-out. It's not a cop-out. That's how yeah. the league operates. That's how the league works. The escrow's not quite paid back yet. Um, it, it just yeah. it, it is what it is. And one of the other things that we're not taking into consideration, two things. One what's going to happen with Arizona now that they don't have their um, their stadium approval, which is, I thought that was going to go through. 
I, I thought it was going to go through. So I think in two years, we'll get more clarity on that one. You got Ottawa getting bought out right now. And, oh, by the way, Bali Sports just went belly up. And <laughs> that's a, a regional sport. Is that a pun? <laughs> no. No, Bali Sports, the network, they're contracted with, I think, eight or ten NHL teams. A few baseball teams. No, I know. Teams. I know. Eight, it was, the, it was a pun. Forget it. <laughs> Mike got it. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I, I think that's going to affect the cap, though. I do. Well, the, the players are already bitching about it, and I'm sure Marty Walsh is all about uh, getting uh, Gary Bettman to really force that issue because that is those are funds that are being taken right out of the players' freaking uh, wallets, right. and, uh, and, and it's not fair. And right. as it's not right now, you're supposed to get the one mil this year. I think next year is slated to be 1.5 as of right now, based on how the escrow payoff is set right now. And then the year after that is for four. Now, what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince the league to let it go up 1.5 this year, two next year, and I think two and a half the year after. Like they're they're trying to take out the the bigger jump and let it elevate more evenly. Is my I like opinion. it. So it gives them a little bit more flexibility here and there. Now that extra one and a half or that extra half mil really would really go a long way for Boston right now. Sure. Yeah, when you're already four, when you're already four point five in the hole to stop. Yeah. Well, now you're four in the hole. Now you're four exactly. even. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I don't, we don't want to see a, a player's lockout anytime soon. No, nope. I don't think this is going to force a lockout. I, I think it would be more likely when the CBA is over. These are all just amendments to the CBA because of COVID. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's why it's not, it's not a cop out because COVID but, shut the world down. But also getting all these like side deals, if you want to call them that taken care of. Before the CBA, it's better negotiation tactics on both sides. Oh, for sure. Don't ever have anything hanging over your heads when you go into a collective bargaining um, agreement, uh, you know, extension or or a new uh, contract uh, talk. Yeah. Now, how do you guys think the buyout of the Senators could affect the Bruins as far as the competitiveness of what that team is going to look like? Well, I mean, uh, to me, it sets the market for any team can be like, well, if 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 they're uh, you know selling for a billion, what could I get for my team? You know, yeah. I, and I'm quoting Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman back on their podcast that I mean, this might now be a market where teams are more sold on the regular, like uh, NHL and NBA and, and arenas that change their names. It could be a market like that sooner or later, um, but obviously that drives up. I hope the Jacob the... family is paying attention to what they sell for. <laughs> yeah, I know. well, I mean, you get what you ask for, but still, uh, I, I I don't know. I, I in my opinion, since the salary cap's been around, I think the Boston Bruins uh, ownership has done a great job uh, on being yeah. competitive year to year. Anytime before that, piece of shit. You know, yeah. just trying to get their dollars uh, through beers and and hot dogs and and their um, you know, their concessions and so on. But since the salary cap's been around, they've been a competitive team 
All mm-hmm. I can, all I, I say this, all you can ask your owner to do is sign the check. I don't yeah, even exactly. care. I don't even care if they care about anything more than how much money did you make me. That is why they hire a team president. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Our team president, I think, needs to stay more on the business side and away from hockey. That's just me. I mean, that I, I think you're going to start to see some restructures occur when it comes to that kind of thing. I think Toronto's highlighting that problem because. Oh, shit, um, <laughs> I mean, think about it. All I mean, granted, Kyle Dubas basically went to went to the ownership group and was like, "I want to just make all the hockey decisions," and basically, I, I want to put Brendan Shanahan out of his job in the next five years because you don't need him. And Shanahan said, "Fuck that, you're fired." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't. One thing I I I gotta give Dubas some balls, you know, to go up to yeah. leadership ownership which he knew that they were shanahan guys whatever you say to him or about him is going to be reflected on your job right now and he still did it you know he still said that i want to be the guy that makes the final decisions i mean if rumors are true with all the stuff that went on i mean uh dubas making deals and it wasn't being signed on uh any further and it was frustrating that kind of sucks it does suck but but you all have to be on board when you make a deal. You know? Rumor has it they had a they could have had a deal in place that he was working on one to acquire. Was it Tage Thompson? No, Brandon Hagel and Mark Andre Fleury. Oh, see, I heard there was a Tage Thompson deal. I, that heard, that I Tage, heard the Thompson one too. No, that yeah. one was fake. That one was fake. The Tage Thompson one was fake. Oh, was fake is I'm the one that gets a fake one. I know, no, 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 no. I fell for it too. I fell for it too. But here's the thing: the point being, though, is a deal. Whether it was Tate Thompson, whether it was Mark Andre Fleury, Brandon Hagel, or all three of them, the point of the matter is: is you bring in a general manager to do a job, and now he gets a great offer, and he can't pull the trigger because he's got to go get clearance from three other people. Right. Yes. Right. That's not him doing his job. Right. There's That's too many steps. Bitch work. Too many steps. Yeah. It's it would be frustrating in his situation. Yes, uh, Jeremy says it was uh, Hagel and Flurry for first in knives, and they didn't want to give up knives in the deal. Is it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Matthew yeah. Nyes. Matthew Nyes. 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 Yeah. Nice. The knives thing kind of threw me off. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm reading the comment. I'm not writing the comment. But <laughs> honestly, honestly, though, that that might have been a better move for them not to make. You but saw the way Matthew Nyes performed though for them in the playoffs. I I don't know, man. Brandon Hagel. He's a he's a he's a dog. Brandon Hagel's a dog. Yeah. Oh Brandon, yeah. He is. If they had Brandon Hagel, they don't have to go out and get Ryan O'Reilly this year. Any Bruins fan would love a Brandon Hagel on his team. Yeah. Right. Their team. Sorry. And, and Brandon Hagel turned around and went for two firsts. They yeah. Could have had, true. They could have had him and Mark Andre Fleury. True. And and again, not that Mark Andre Fleury has been you know, Mark Andre Fleury of old, but look at their goaltending. Like they could have used them. Oh my God. They could have used them <laughs> yeah. big time, you know? And, and if, if for nothing else, we saw what he was able to help Gustafson do in Minnesota, helped elevate another young kid. He did it with Matt sure. Murray. He did it with um, uh, uh, what's his name in Vegas, uh, Robin Lehner when they brought him in. Like, this is a guy who 
helps your young goaltender while also playing at a level that is competitive. And he's got the playoff experience, which is when they would have needed him. Hey, speaking of Robin Liner, Mike, you said, did you have a cousin that played with him in Buffalo? No, nah, in Ottawa. They, they played together in Ottawa. So who's your cousin? Bobby Butler. Oh, no yeah, way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No he's, shit. He's, he's not blood related, but he's married into the family. And we've always yeah, yeah, been. Whatever. Really, That's really fine, close. dude. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for yeah, you, man. It was, it was some cool childhood memories with that for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask since I heard it on the uh, on the pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, we we're we've been going for about an hour here, and, and I know it's kind of the, the the dog days of not playing. We've got the game coming on between Dallas and Vegas for that one, and I know Mark, you don't really care, but around here, the the Celtics are are on it about a half an hour. So, uh-huh. um. <laughs> It is what it is, Mark. We're going to lose some people to that one. It's game seven. People are going to be watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Real real quick, though, just because we've kind of neglected our our partners over at FanDuel. I just want to run through and and see if you guys have any action on the Dallas game tonight or anything else. Uh, Maybe you guys have put some action down on the Con Smythe. Uh, Oh, yeah, I have. I um uh did uh Matthew Kachuk. I think I did uh Rupe Hints. Um Rupe Hints. I think, uh, That's a good one. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, I think I I know I did uh Sergey Bobrovsky for futures on the uh Con Smythe and I did, I did the four Stanley Cups. So I t- I I got involved in all of them so I'm going to win money no matter what. So uh, when did yeah, you spend money on Kachuk for Con Smythe? What were his odds uh, that one? Oh, I don't remember the odds. I'd have to look it up, but it was only about two weeks ago. Because I, I, yeah, put, so on, I put odds on, on uh, Kachuk for Conn Smythe right after we got eliminated, and they were plus twelve hundred. Yeah, damn. I, the only the only future that I bet on that really paid out a nice, nice freaking nice, a really good one was uh, Allmark and Swayman winning the Jennings. Mm-hmm. That was a solid pick. Yeah. That was that was probably seven months previous to uh, what happened. So the odds were way the freak up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So my money sat my money sat in their account, gaining interest for like six months. And yeah, yeah, it was a nice one. <laughs> that that's one of those ones. I'm looking forward to being able to do this going into the new season because I, as impatient as I am. Those are the bets that I sit there and I go, you know, I, I would looking at it, I would have made that same bet. Yeah. yeah. Because everything just seemed like it was going to add up. Um, I think another good option for Con Smythe is Mark Stone. If yes. Vegas is able to get there. Um, I mean, even Jack Eichel has some pretty good odds. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the Rupe Hints odds that you mentioned as well. Uh, I, I do have. Uh, Jason Robertson tonight for any time goal. Nice. And uh, I, and Jack Eichel as well. I took I took um five. I did a ten uh, uh, team parlay. So I took five Dallas Stars best players to get at least two shots on net and All five right. uh, Vegas Knights to take at least two shots on net and put it in there for a for a nice little Ten dollar bet. 
There you go. I, see what I, happens. I also have a nice little parlay for Rupe Hints anytime goal scorer. Dallas on the money line. Vegas scoring under two and a half. And Pavelski anytime goal scorer. Pav has been a Pav's, freaking yeah. monster this year, man. Yo. What a, I mean, this guy's like two years away from uh, like reaching 40, and he's just like playing like Zidane Chara back in the day. So some some action there. I, I know that that's uh, – you know, we we want to look at some more of that as the the new season turns around the corner here. So um, let's see. I'm just checking to make sure we have any other comments here before we wrap up, just because we are hitting that hour mark. And uh, hey. Mark, you got anything for us? Yeah, I do want to mention our off season content that the Black and Gold uh, Production Sports Media Company is kind of offering. Um, we're, we're, we're in details right now with getting together with a bunch of people on a weekly basis. And actually, Chris, I was wondering if you would be available to do like the moderation, because I think you'd be fantastic at this. Like, are you into golf? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. So, so, so I'm working on getting was... my PS5. <laughs> well, well, you, you don't need a PS5 anymore, dude. It's, it's cross play now. Uh, I have the four. Will it work with the four? It, it should yes. work with the four, yeah. It should Perfect. work with the four. Perfect. So what we're looking at, though, but you wouldn't need a console. You would be on StreamYard with us right now, and you'd be the moderator asking us Bruins questions throughout the the off season, and, like, maybe some Bruins trivia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As, as four people go out as a foursome and play 18 holes of golf. Absolutely. Would you be down for something like that, or Absolutely. would you want to be a player? Um, I could rotate in. I I, I, I would rotate in as a player. I have a TV in my office now. I could move the system in. Because I uh, I don't want I don't want to like be like, hey, all right, so you're the moderator guy. That's all your role, you know. But I I want to get somebody else involved as well that we, can do the moderation and so on. So if we could work on a schedule, and if anybody wants to work with us, please send me a. An email at black and gold productions LLC at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you want to do. But the idea is to like, to, you know, play some golf and, and talk Bruins and get content out all year long, just to uh, all see off season, just to pass the time so we can get closer to October as soon as possible. And I think by, you know, creating more content as a team here, uh, we can do that. So, Absolutely. and we obviously, obviously appreciate everybody that's been supporting us lately. Uh, it's been, it's been overwhelming to be honest with you and, and to have a group like, like Chris and Mike and, and everybody at BNG, the writers and the podcast members and, uh, you know, just our, our um, administration staff as well. Uh, it's been a, a thrill so far and we're, and we're growing. So if you want to be a part of that, please let me know. Cause I would love to have you guys as content creators. Definitely a couple of things to, that I'll talk to you about off the air as well, but Mike, any final Bruins thoughts to wrap up this episode here uh as we get closer and closer to celtics tip off unfortunately not bruins puck drop yeah uh i don't really have any closing bruins thoughts um let's not get too hyped about milan lucic hopefully the majority of people know <laughs> that he's way past his prime um, i'm so happy chris didn't talk about that yeah <laughs> no but other than that i mean i don't want him <laughs> yeah for, for <laughs> For the people who are watching right now who are going to go watch the Celtics, uh, go Seas. Hopefully they can close this thing out and make an NBA final. Um, and, you know, 
not allow two Florida teams to break our hearts this season. So I'll close on that. Uh, I, I, in, as the infamous words are, Mark, Milan Lucic, that's a no from me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bergie wins another Selkie. I don't think you're going to get any other argument from us on that one. <laughs> that's yeah. a good yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to wipe the 14 with all the wrong trophies. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Thanks everybody for tuning in here. Uh, we will be back again next week. We will we will manufacture things to talk. No, we don't manufacture facts. <laughs> we we only talk about the real ones. So uh, we will have tons of content though here over at BNG Productions LLC. Uh, brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, don't forget to log on to FanDuel.com/Boston to claim your welcome bonuses. And again, thank you from everyone here at BNG Productions for tuning into this episode of What's Brewing. With Chris Dozik and Mike Sullivan. Mark, thank you again so much for joining us. Again, your invitation is open and standing. Well, <laughs> freaking time, man. All <laughs> time. I was going to have Mike fire you. <laughs> oh, so you get him the hiring, firing powers. Good to know. <laughs> well, he's the godfather, so you got to watch out. Apparently, uh, hey, I do have that moniker. So. <laughs> Final thanks to everybody. I'm looking forward to this upcoming season. It, it, I, I don't think I've been more excited for a Bruins season coming up, a hockey season coming up. As as much as this one was fun, uh, the best part, not the ending, but just the, the back end of it for me coming back with you guys here. So looking forward to it and all the summer content. And uh, that's it for me for this week. Mike, Mark, thanks for coming on. We will see everybody next week. Go Bees. Peace. Peace.